the podcast for you, the real estate professional. This is One on One, the official Realty One Group podcast powered by One University. Hello, and welcome to another episode of One on One. Um, I am joined in person uh, by Mark Pesson and Kathy Baker. I've done a couple episodes with them before, and it's always a lot of fun, but it's even better when we get to meet in person and have some drinks off camera and catch up. And so both of you, welcome. Thank you. Thank Great you to be much. here. Um, let's just dive right in because we have a, a topic that uh, we could probably talk about for much longer, but we're going to try to keep this to 20 to 25 minutes. Um, I want to jump into leads. Um, okay. And I know you two are experts on this. I know that there's a lot of differing opinions. And so let's just kind of start with... Um, especially in this time of uncertainty, like the importance of real estate leads. Absolutely. Um, and, and just, I'll start by just saying there are a lot of opinions that I don't think any are right or wrong. Mm-hmm. I think it's just your perspective on how you generate business. Yeah. But it, what it comes down to is every agent needs to have leads. If they don't have leads, they don't have a business. So how you generate those leads is what we'll talk about today. But I think what it comes down to is if you're a business owner, which all real estate professionals are right. business owners and need to think and behave like business owners, every business needs customers. Without customers, you have no business. So as a real estate professional, you have to focus on where's my business going to come from. That means I have to go out and generate leads. And in my opinion, and I think Kathy would agree with this, your primary responsibility as a real estate professional is not helping people buy and sell houses. That's the, that's the service you provide. Sure. Your role and responsibility is generating leads on a daily basis, because if you're not doing that, then your business will suffer yeah. or it won't be as healthy as it could be. Kathy? Do you know what I just realized? What's that? And it's not quite, but almost leads spelled backwards is deal. <laughs> almost. <laughs> almost. Um, deal. Dale. Uh, <laughs> you have to be from the South to, to spell and um, speak that way. But honestly, it is about the deal. And I think we have to look, I love that you said in times of uncertainty, I think, Josh, we have to look at what is currently going on. Mm-hmm. I think in a hot, good, sweaty market, like mm-hmm. we've had, sweaty market, like we've had for the past two and a half years. Right. Um, just before and then coming out of the pandemic, buying leads may have made a lot of sense. But honestly, Mark, I'm hearing a lot of professionals say to me that they're reevaluating the relationship they have with some of the um, resources that are mm-hmm. selling leads, and they're really looking into what is effective. And based on your experience, what is effective? Um, look, at the end of the day, what we teach, and as a agent myself for many, many years, and you've been an agent for a long time as well, I tend to default back to what worked for me and what I was taught in the real estate industry, which is you need to go out and be a fisherman and a hunter, and you have to go out and create your own business because at the end of the day, if you're good at that and you're consistent with it, you will have a lot of repeat and referral business, which should be right. the, that should be the objective of every real estate professional, in my opinion, and it's what we've trained new licensees to do for years, is go out, create a foundation, and then take care of those people, nurture those relationships, and then 75 to 80%, 80% of your business should be all repeat and referral. And there are many agents, myself included, my team, um, my family members that are still in real estate, and a lot of agents that we've coached over the years that that is the bulk of their business now because they created that. But at the end of the day, there are a lot of agents that start that business or start that process by purchasing leads or generating leads through some type of lead provider. And I can't fault them for it because I think that that is sometimes can be a great starting point. I just, the question I have is 
is that something that you need to continue to do? Or could you then foster relationships with those customers after you've had that initial transaction with them? So that at some point you're no longer purchasing leads or now servicing the customers and, and the money that you invest is more on taking care of the existing clientele and maintaining those relationships so that they refer you everyone that they know and meet to do business with you. Yeah. And one thing in coaching I've always had every, had um, customers do and clients do is to really evaluate of the leads they're purchasing, how many are they closing? Of course. You know, what's the ROI on it? And I think in a good market, we develop bad habits. We talk about that frequently. And I think one of the bad habits is you're investing in these leads and you don't know the return on that investment. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, you know, we're coming off the, what, two nights past the home run derby and, you know, mid-year of baseball. And it's kind of like you can have hits, Mm -hmm. but if you don't run the bases and score, what good is the hit? Yeah. I mean, and maybe I'm not that big a baseball fan, but that's kind of what I take it to. And I don't know if that works or not, but it's all about, you know, coming across home plate and scoring. And a lot of times that's the part that's hard. Mm -hmm. That's the part the professional doesn't close the gap on. So they go, oh, yeah, I'm spending this with so-and-so, and I'm, you know, I've got this many leads coming in. But, yeah, how many are you closing? And that's the data you've got to study. When we talk about checking the resource and check the numbers, that's that's the due diligence. Yeah. I mean, I think that's it's well said because – Agents can generate a high volume of, of leads, if you will, but are they are they truly leads or are they just prospects? Right. And so we try to we try to qualify that because a lead generally means that it's something that will convert into a client or a customer. A prospect is just a, a someone that reached out for information. Mm-hmm. You then have to convert that lead. And so at the end of the day, if you can generate a high number of leads but you don't convert them into a customer then they're really of no value to you. In fact, they're actually costing you time and money right. when you don't get any return on that investment. So I think it's important that you're evaluating and measuring your success with whatever the lead source is that you're looking at or purchasing so that you can determine, is this a good long-term investment and should I continue this? And what's the incubation time, right. which is huge. I mean, that's very lengthy. And if you think you're buying leads to get immediate closings, that is seldom, seldom if ever the case. case. Yeah, that's really not the reality. In many, in many cases, most people that are coming to you, most of them are online leads, if not all at this point. Mm-hmm. And they're what we refer to as tire kickers. They're just mm-hmm. exploring. They're testing the waters to see if there's an interest there. They may not be even close to being ready or even qualified right. to purchasing a property at this point. And there's even fewer seller leads online than there are buyer leads. Um, so it's just something that has to be considered. And if we go back to what the consumer tells us year after year, um, what the consumer wants in a professional realtor is trustworthy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that trustworthy is going to convey necessarily, yeah, you can have a wicked website and you can have amazing reviews, but the relationship is the key to the deal. And why not go back and instead of buying leads that you hope may close, like Mark said, go back and nurture and work on those existing relationships. Make sure that you're staying in touch with those. What are you doing with your follow-up? What are you doing to make sure that you're top of mind? Um, statistically, and I might be making this up, but for every deal you close over a five-year period, you should have at least three referrals from that. Mm. Typically, that buyer is not going to sell in that five-year period, but if you're in touch with them and you're asking, you should close a minimum of three deals from that one that one closed deal. So do the do the numbers on that. Yeah. Right? If you close 12 homes a year, that's 36 potential that's buyers right. that you have coming up. Those odds and those statistics for closings are going to be much, much better right. than buying a lead. 
So I, I want to go back to what you said, Kathy, about uh, trustworthiness. And I think that that ties into um, purchasing leads. We, I think all three of us and you know everyone in modern society, when you get a phone call from a random number, you don't pick it up. Mm-hmm. It, right? right. I mean, there's like we we are now in a place where, uh, I mean, I just thought of this. It's almost the opposite of the American judicial system. You're literally guilty until proven innocent. And so good luck, like, as an agent, you know, right. trying to gain someone's trustworthiness on the largest transaction of their life. Yeah. So, I mean, I that's, mean that's, that is the, the key to understanding when you purchase leads or you get leads from any kind of source that's providing leads to you, you have to go into it with the mindset that mm-hmm. I'm going to have to pursue this person almost obsessively and for an extended period of time before I actually get them to engage with me. And, and like you said, time is money. Yes. And so if that doesn't end up working out, you just wasted money. Absolutely. So absolutely. And so that the the key to purchasing leads and pursuing leads is you have to be committed to the process. Mm-hmm. And and if you're committed to the process or you have a team of people that are doing that for you, then you can actually be quite successful with sure. it. And and I would say the percentage of people that are successful with purchasing leads and converting them into a high volume of business are small. It's a relatively small percentage of individuals that are able to do that. But most of them, if you look at them, it's rarely just one person. They usually have a team of people mm-hmm. that are running down leads and then converting them because it's a numbers game. You're playing the the odds. right? Uh, and so the more people you have pursuing, you generate a high volume of leads. You dump them into a funnel. You have people working those leads and then it spits out a few deals at the end of the day. Yeah. So it, it's a purely a numbers game. And a lot of it is training and education. If you, you know, if you give give a man all those leads and he doesn't know how to convert. And that's one reason through one dot you are committed to that level of the education to train and have opportunities for people to learn how to increase that conversion rate, mm-hmm. um, how to identify, is it a good lead or not? You know, is it worthy of pursuing? That's right. Um, and how to go forward with that. So a lot of it, in my opinion, conversion is not necessarily a God given skill. A lot of it is sharpening the saw and making sure that you know what to say, when to say, yeah. and the follow-up, the key to all of it is the follow-up. And, yeah. man, the follow-up follow on purchase leads, the follow-up is exhausting to the point that you're going to neglect something else that will make you money, in my right. opinion. Yeah, and I, I just I want to say that I think that it, you can be successful with it. I think that if you have a good system, and nowadays more than maybe in the past – there are CRMs that you can utilize that will do a lot of that heavy lifting for you. They'll mm-hmm. send text messages. They'll schedule follow-up calls. You can automate more of that follow-up process so sure. that the conversion gets a little bit easier and, and less um, challenging for an individual to do. But some way, somehow, you've got to have a systematic approach and you've got to be committed to the long haul if you're going to generate significant volume or transactions out of online leads. And I think, uh, and also, so Kathy has written a blog um, about this topic. It's called The Purchase Should Always Lead to the Profit, and it's available right now on blog.realtyonegroup.com. And in it, um, you talk about a particular subject where you you say that um, you need to have multiple avenues to gaining leads. Um, so you can't just put all of your eggs in the basket of purchase leads. So can you kind of maybe talk about some of the different avenues? I know you've touched upon it already. Like when you sell a home, there should be at least three people from that sale that you gain at least some sort of lead from. Um, so can you maybe elaborate on that a little bit? It's all about systems. Yeah, It's all about having those systems to make sure that you've got different ways to drop opportunity into that funnel. That's right. And one may be purchase leads. One may be follow-up with past buyers and sellers. Um, other opportunities are just a geographic farm, mm-hmm. which you may do. That. 
and just making sure that you're top of mind. It's amazing how many professionals, and I say this respectfully, it's amazing how many professionals are void of systems. Mm-hmm. And it's, well, what do I do next? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a hodgepodge juggling, I hope this works. And what you're going to see is in this market, and in a time of uncertainty, the people that have systems in place that are set it and forget it, that are true follow-up, that are true stay in touch. And there's so many ways now. It's so much easier through technology than it used to be. We used to have to crawl through the bushes and look in the right. window to try <laughs> to find things out. And now if you put those systems in place and it works for you, we're going to see champions on the other side of the uncertainty that we look at now. We're going to see amazing warriors come out of this mm-hmm. um that are doing the right things yeah, the three of us talked about this i think on the last episode yeah, where um you know these this is a you know it, it's a tough road ahead for for lack of other phrases but um the ones that mark i think you said it the ones that can navigate it will will be They'll smooth sailing stronger as yeah. a result of it mm-hmm. because they're going to have to implement what has always worked for real estate professionals which is lead generation, lead follow-up, systems and processes that work in any market. The, right. the healthier the market or the, the the less challenging the market, the better the systems work, but they work in down markets and difficult markets as well. Uh, and the other thing I was going to mention is you talked about geographic farming. The other one that I've loved for years and I encourage agents to pursue is demographic farms. Yeah. So absentee owners or non-owner occupied, investors, military. I mean, like there's so many different groups of people that you can farm for leads that are very fruitful that you can establish relationships with probably faster and easier than someone that's just exploring on a website. Sure. So there, there are a variety of ways that you can generate leads. I mean, online leads is certainly one of them, but there are many, many ways that agents can generate leads. And one of the things that we do at one university is teach agents how to pursue multiple forms of lead generation, because we believe that you have to have many lines in the water in order to have a healthy business. Right. And the opportunity is so great. You know, like I have, I've had agents say to me, I'm not going to do FISBOs or I'm not going to do expired listings. And I'm like, okay, because there's so many other opportunities. If there's something you don't want to do, don't do it. Right. Just master a few things right. and that'll generate enough to more than satisfy. And then maybe, you know, after you've mastered those, you'll decide to be courageous enough to try some of the sure. ones you don't like or figure out why you don't like them right. and then attempt those. And, and sometimes it's just fear-based. Sometimes they won't pursue an expired listing or a for sale by owner because they're intimidated by the mm-hmm. prospect of it. But as their confidence builds and then maybe they try pursuing it, they're less fearful about it and they right. actually have success with it. Yeah. Like expireds are just angry people <laughs> because yes. it didn't work out. I mean, expired people are typically angry people because for whatever reason, they are very unhappy with realtors. However, they also have been identified as people that wanted to sell their right. home. That's what I was just right. about to say. So, like, I mean, like it, they, they kept their home on the market for that right. amount of time when it didn't sell. So, right. And statistically speaking, most expireds will sell, just not with that first agent, obviously, mm. but with that next agent, they typically sell. And it comes back to trustworthiness, because right? Exactly. Yeah. And they're they're more willing to, That's right. to listen. So, so whatever it is, there's opportunity and don't be discouraged, but also don't feel like you've got to open your bank account and pay for the leads. I agree. Explore every opportunity that we provide if you're not with us at this time that your brand provides. Mm-hmm. 
and um, just make sure that you're, you know, you're leaning into those resources to get the business that you need. There will be fewer transactions, mm-hmm. but I think there's also going to be fewer agents doing the right thing. I agree. There'll be less competition, um, but you know, at the end of the day, it just comes down to being committed to the process. And your biggest investment is time more than anything else. You have to be available and willing to invest the time to pursue the lead source, whatever that lead source is. And if it's multiple lead sources, have a good system in place and be willing to dedicate a number of hours a day that you spend lead generating and lead converting and you'll have business. And it doesn't matter what the market's doing. There's always people buying and selling houses. Right. Yeah. And in closing, and not that I'm closing it up, but I think if people leave with two thoughts, one is have good systems and the second is practice good habits. Mm. Because again, we can't emphasize enough a really hot market, really good market like we've had we just develop bad habits and it's a time to go back and look at very fundamental programs rev up that we have Mm -hmm. available in the majority of our affiliates offices is a fundamentally sound program that's that's going to remind you you're going to participate and go oh yeah i did that and it worked really well and i forgot to do it why don't i go back and do that again that's right and that's what we encourage you to do what worked before will work again and this time you'll be much better at it Yeah, I mean, there's so many things that agents are now having to learn to do that for the past several years they've never had to do. And if you just came into the business in the last few years, maybe completely foreign to you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like there's there's a running joke that I see a lot of agents posting on social media right now about what price reductions are. Because most agents have never had to go to a seller and ask them to reduce their price. Right. But that's the reality now is that sellers for a while now have been able to sell their house in a day. And now they're having to wait three or four weeks, God forbid, um, you know, and it's, a, it's, we're moving into more of a normal market. I think also what you just brought up is social media is a huge, Ooh. huge aspect Ooh. of, of, uh, being a real estate professional. I mean, I do not want to go down this road. So I'm going to say this very, very quickly and then we can move on. Um, you know, the, the argument between who's the goat Jordan or LeBron, and there is a big, and I, I choose Jordan by the way, but there's a big, um, piece of that that Jordan didn't grow up in the social media era. He didn't have to worry about that. And so it is another factor that real estate, bringing it back to real estate professionals, sure. that, that they do have to consider. And it and if used correctly, can be the most lucrative tool. Yeah, I mean, there. look, we could go down a whole rabbit yeah. hole there, but the reality is that in today's day and age, if an agent doesn't have a solid online presence, they're, they're almost shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, go back to Savag's episode. If you're not digital, you don't exist. That's I mean, right. It's that simple. Yeah. And, and it does require you to be intentional and purposeful about using social media and having a website and using a CRM and all the things that make you relevant in a prospect's eyes. Yeah. Because most customers are going to Google you. Right. Or they're going to look you up on Facebook or LinkedIn and they're going to check you out mm-hmm. and make a determination pretty quickly as to whether they want to work with you. Yep. So if you don't have those things in place, then I would strongly advise you to go out and set them up now and just do one at a time. But you better invest some time in that because I, it's going to be critical for your business. And if I can add one word to that, it's responsibly mm-hmm. because it's a big deal what that image is. Oh and my gosh, yeah. you just need to be careful. I mean, you just can't go on social media and be a jerk. I mean, if you're a jerk, hire somebody to help you cover that mess up mm-hmm. um, because that's not going to bring you business. The transparency now right. between reviews and... Um, Everything, like I said, it all goes back to the relationship with, by the way, and this could be a whole other conversation. Can you imagine what Elvis would have been with social media? (laughs) Yeah. I mean. Those hips on social, I'm just saying. 
Yeah, um, but that voice, that hair, those hips on social media. I just media. want to play devil's advocate because with social media, you actually almost with with icons that big, with people that big, it's almost a line drawn down the middle because yeah. you you have so many you know opinionated people, and you are then putting your image, your personality online for everyone to see. So then you would see this new side of Elvis, and I think fifty percent of America would probably be like, "Ooh, we don't really like him," but there was this this like mystery about him back then you know and so you didn't you weren't able to know a lot about him you just were able to see him on stage right and so I think that's something that real estate professionals really really need to consider um is what is your digital persona because that is becoming if it not already one of the best lead generators you can have and at almost no investment, financial investment. Yep. Well, and and one thing I just want to add to this conversation since we're talking about digital and social is video. Because I think that agents, we know that agents that are using video are capturing a ton of business right now. And yep. the simple fact is we talk about having an online presence, but you can't determine a person's personality from their website. And right. probably not even necessarily from a Facebook post, maybe to a certain extent, but when agents get on camera mm-hmm. and they do videos and the buyer or the prospective buyer or seller checks them out on YouTube or on social or wherever they have those videos hosted, now you get to know their personality. And the person that's following them or engaging with them now feels like they know them. Yep. Um, and so that connection that you're able to create, create through video, that is a huge missed opportunity that a lot of agents are still not taking advantage of that they really need to consider. When we decided to launch this podcast and shout out to our producer, Ryan Esteban. Um, we decided that it couldn't just be audio. We, and that's why we're on camera right now. I, we wanted them to be able to see my face, see Kathy's face, see your face, right. see how we maneuver, how we converse with each other, because it, it makes the content that much better. Right. You are able it to makes create it real. It makes it real. You're able, able to create a story in your head. I agree. And so, yeah, video is king right now. It is more so than I think ever before. Yeah. yeah. And the agents that are really looking to lead generate, that's where I'd invest my time mm-hmm. and energy and maybe a little bit of money and make sure that I go out and actually have some high quality videos that I can share and and post them on a regular basis and, and put them on your website and let people get to know you. That's the amazing thing with how quickly technology is advancing is like there's really no excuse anymore. If you have a, a, an iPhone that was built yeah. in the last two to three years, right. you can make it on your own. Yes. So yeah. high quality camera. Yeah. Audio is good enough. Yeah. You can do it. And Mark, I think what you and I are both, um, and all three of us are in agreement on, is if you're going to invest in leads, invest in yourself. Oh, yeah. Don't invest with a third party that you don't have any control over what the lead is. Yeah, but I, in, but invest in the generation of leads that are going to pay back to, it needs to be profitable. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the idea if you're going to generate leads to have some control or influence on how those leads are generated or mm-hmm. who you're targeting so that you can actually have some ability to make some adjustments there if you need to. So if you're doing it through social, as an example, instead of just relying on someone to feed you leads and you have no idea where they're coming from or what the quality is or what the the interest level is, if you're targeting leads in a certain way through social media, then the quality of the lead, in theory, will be a little bit higher um, and your conversion rate will be higher as well. Yep. Right. Um, I know we have touched on so many topics and you know this is umbrellaed out to so many subtopics of generating leads 
Um, and I really, really want to sit down with you guys again and, and talk about the social media thing because Absolutely. I, I, Absolutely. I think we just lit a fire. Um, unfortunately, we do have to call this one. Um, but thank you, as always, for joining me. I, I really, really appreciate it. And I know the listeners and viewers will appreciate it as well. Um, yeah. Until next time, guys. Thank you. Thanks, thank Josh. You. Yeah. We thank you for joining us today on another episode of One on One, a Realty One Group podcast. We are powered by One.U and ask if you have suggestions, recommendations, or questions, please email learning at realtyonegroup.com. And remember, pay close attention to the details, listen to understand, not respond, and always be a resource, not a sales pitch. Mm-hmm.